Hey everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Convergence podcast. This is going to be episode 43 with the award-winning composer and sound designer Is Famira. I've been following his work ever since I heard his composition for the IFCC 2017 titles and it was finally great to get a chance to talk to him about his various scores that he has composed ever since then. We also spoke about the entire process of creating an original composition along with the various hurdles and challenges that come along the way along with the things that inspire is to keep on creating. This is such a fun episode where I got to learn so much about a side of the industry that I'm still quite new to. So I hope you all stick around till the end of the episode and get a lot of value from it. So let's go. Since you've just come back from a break like you said in a very very long time, it'll be good to start with that. Why did you feel like this was a time when you needed a break? What what changed at this point? The reason I needed a break is basically because I just did not uh have a break in a very long time mm-hmm. and it's not that this one that this particular time was you know suitable to take a break or anything i just found a little gap between projects and thought that it would be cool to just kind of chill for a little mm-hmm. and i ended up working every day oh. but it's just <laughs> it's just that i was working on my own stuff it wasn't anything like there were no deadlines to meet it was nothing like no clients to please mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it was relaxing in a way uh i wish i had like gone somewhere and totally like logged off but mm-hmm. I didn't I ended up kind of kind of working but still I did definitely chill a little bit because it was it, it was really crazy I mean with everyone uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the pandemic that's like across the board for everyone mm-hmm. but even before the pandemic the, the pandemic uh, pandemic 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 yeah Uh, uh it was like this kind of a uh, huge career shift for me mm-hmm. because i was a graphic designer for around 10 years i totally quit music 10 years ago because i was on a completely different path back then and i figured like well there's nothing much i can do really to 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 make this sustainable and then i just quit and turned to my uh other passion which was design and i was really super lucky to have like my plan a and plan b were both something that i really enjoyed doing mm-hmm. but uh then some things started to change i met some people uh and some doors started kind of sliding open you know and uh i bit the bullet man and said i'm gonna just quit this and focus my all of my attention to, to to music like this is this is it this is a once in a lifetime shot because it's not that i'm like uh standing in front of this i don't know how huge of an opportunity the only opportunity that i have here at this point is to compose music and basically uh live as comfortably as i did when i was a designer mm-hmm. and i remember distinctly saying this to myself like dude If I could just make a living from music the way the, the same kind of living that I'm making right now is that I would be perfectly happy in my life. And that is kind of actually where I'm at at this point, you know. So mm-hmm. so yeah, but in terms of the 
in terms of time off, it was a, a huge career shift. In 2017, my dad passed and we were very close. Uh, and then I started taking the, the, uh, the design part when I was still a designer, uh, taking it, uh, somewhat taking it to a next, uh, to the next level where I was supposed to go work with this, uh, really big company. And, uh, but at the same time, doors started opening with, uh, with music. And then I spent 2018 trying to juggle both, which was just like, it, it was so, hard to achieve because you were kind of failing on both fronts like you can't be excellent at two things mm -hmm. at the same time and at the end of 2018 i said fuck it i'm just gonna go and try and pursue this and mind you i'm like at that point i'm 40 years old like i'm not a kid mm -hmm. who's taking risks like because i don't care like those were i, I took a huge risk but hopefully but thankfully i had a very very uh I had a very supportive network of friends uh, who really, I can't thank enough. They were instrumental in me feeling safe enough to take the leap of faith, as you will. And here we are. I think the great thing was that you connected with some really, really like-minded and talented people in their own right where they are as passionate about the work that they are trying to do as you are about your music. So obviously each person could push themselves and really you know come up with something good and obviously the work has spoken for itself since then yeah that, that that's correct i mean Sav and milan they are insanely talented guys mm -hmm. and uh what's it's like it's not they're talented and that's perfectly fine and uh it's definitely step one but what they have uh is a vision Mm -hmm. They have a vision which is unique to them, you know. They're not some super talented guys whose work you can see like every week on Behance or something like that. Like they are people who are super, super uh, laser focused on their own thing and they have managed to create this little unique piece of themselves that is really, I'm hoping... Uh, will shine through soon enough. The more you interact with other creative professionals all over the world, do you think that's a common trait that people have, that kind of a vision? Or is it that people are just generally talented, but not everyone is able to think at that vision level? I definitely don't think that everyone has a vision. That That is just a plain fact of life. Mm -hmm. uh, many people maybe have a vision, but it's buried deep down, uh, 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 kind of obstructed by various content and art they have consumed in life. And maybe their idea of what they are supposed to be versus what they are inherently. Mm -hmm. So, but in, in creative circles, actually, I'd like to iterate I think everyone does have a vision. The question is whether or not they're in tune with it or whether or not they can access it for what it is, you know, because a lot of people just, you know, they're super talented designers or uh, concept artists or whatever. And uh, it's kind of, they're doing what they know how to do, but they're not necessarily breaking any tides or waves, or I don't know how you say it. Uh, 
just because they haven't been able to get in touch with the most, you know, the, the, the most intimate part of themselves, which I think is super important. Like mm -hmm. you need to be really in tune with yourself. You need to know and be able to express even maybe in words to yourself, how you feel about life in order to be able to like really touch down on, 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 on that little, not little in many cases, huge roaring flame. That's just sitting dormant inside of you. Hmm. And I think, I think, uh, uh, as, as, uh, I think everyone's got it. They just like need to really dig deep. Do you think the fact that you spent like a decade working in design and then coming back to your passion, the number one passion of music, gave you that time to figure out for yourself, like what kind of music you want to make and what your real passion and vision is? And not really, uh, because when I was a designer, I really just, uh, it was a uh, uh, quitting music back in 2000, I think 10 mm -hmm. or 19, uh, 09, 10, something like that. It was a hard choice to make. Like, mm -hmm. I really liked it. And uh, it was nothing like this. I was into commercial music and I was working with some bands over here. And it was like, uh, 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 it, 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 it was nothing the, like what it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, and giving that up was, it was just a sensible choice at the time, you know, because it was like, I, I was able, uh, I was turning 30 mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, this is not, going anywhere and i need to like start you know kind of live a responsible life like it's okay you tried you gave your best shot not even maybe my best that's a whole different topic but uh it was time to move on and i did and during those 10 years i did not uh even think about music i did listen to a ton of it though mm -hmm. because i used to work nights it was just like uh uh, it, it was good for me. And I listened to, I don't even know, like a ton of music. Uh, and, uh, indefinitely it shaped in some way or form. I mean, that I might necessarily not, not necessarily be even aware of definitely shaped the way I'm approaching things now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely the big, uh, the, the big factor in this, in, in the entire thing is the, I, I, I love storytelling, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I love movies and through my design work, it was all, all those things are like kind of touching uh, uh, in, in some weird ways. They're kind of connected to a higher or lesser degree, but yeah, definitely influenced the way I approach things now that's for sure so what kind of training did you have in music before you went none into none god no none mm -hmm. <laughs> no I didn't have any training uh I uh played the piano when I was a little kid mm -hmm. uh and uh that was like I maybe played it for two years and that was when I was maybe like I'm guessing nine or ten Whoa, okay. And then the war started over here and shit started falling apart. And we had to move from Croatia to uh, Serbia, where I'm at now. And uh, my mom and my dad, after living a lifetime, you know, 
uh, at one place, knowing everyone, just being, and it was a smaller type of place, you know, uh, everybody kind of knew each other. But then we moved here to the capital, which is a huge city. I mean, by these standards over here, uh, and also the animosity between the tribes, mm -hmm. so to speak, at that time, they, they were not uh, sure what to do, how to proceed, like where to put me. And we just kind of dropped it. And to this day is my biggest regret that I didn't continue down that path. But I am uh, I'm working on it now. I am in some courses. I'm trying to catch up on all the stuff that I have uh, missed during all these years. And hopefully it'll help. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, just the first time that I heard your music was in the IFCC opening titles that you guys did. And oh, yeah. Right from that point onwards, till now, all the music that you've composed, it already seems like, at least from the outside to me, that you have your own musical taste and vision in mind. There's a certain trend and pattern that you've created within your own music. Do you find that as well? I am still. Uh... It, as cliche as it sounds, I still am really trying to find my voice, mm -hmm. right? I'm still trying to find something that would make you go, all right, I bet that guy made it. Uh, so, I mean, like sort of a fun fact, uh, the IFCC was the first actual uh, piece that I composed uh, after being dormant for like seven or eight years wow. touching nothing and not only that i not write any music in that time mm -hmm. i had to switch to a new uh piece of software uh which would uh, uh that i'd use to compose i had to switch to a totally different approach to, to to writing music because like i said commercial music and pop music is so very different than film music and uh, there are a lot of mistakes in that piece man like uh, it's 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 uh i'm actually itching to uh to rewrite it and uh have it uh, 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 uh have it released in a more like you know professionally packaged way definitely than it is now because i mean people who compose musicians producers uh without a doubt they hear it mm. you know that there's like maybe the general audience or people who just uh, enjoy music maybe they uh, don't hear like i'm guessing the way i watch say sava's work mm -hmm. and i'm like god damn man this like it's it's, it's just it's it's pixel perfect and then he starts taking me through all the mistakes and i'm like ah oh, really yeah you did fuck up there man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah uh, in, in the same vein the people the music people know mm -hmm. that they can hear right off the bat once they play that piece i mean it's a beautiful beautiful piece i really love that piece mm -hmm. it's really beautiful it's emotional and uh uh i'm gonna go and be a bit vulnerable here and expose myself here but uh uh expose myself that sounds just wrong uh when i finished that piece and played it for the first time i fucking cried man oh. like when the ending hit and that logo came out and all the harmonies just 
just set in in in, in the right place it, it hit me so fucking hard that i i just couldn't stand it man but yeah i love that piece and i am definitely going to re rewrite it and have it ready uh, uh have it kind of release ready or something yeah it's amazing the we are so close to the things that we create that we know all the flaws that are there right in front of us yeah and of course sometimes it's hard to release it because you know that there are so many mistakes there still but at certain point you have to take a decision and say okay this is the end for this project at least for now how do you make that choice uh sava makes it for me okay because <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for that guy i'd be tinkering with shit like to infinity man mm -hmm. but he's like yo this is the deadline after this we are done i I notoriously like to go back to, to like closed projects mm -hmm. and see what 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 little one percent can I do to improve this piece, and that's that's not good even like for your mental health, man. Like that is not good at all. But this particular piece, the IFCC, I just uh, it's 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 a huge milestone. It, it it's very important to me. Uh, not not only that I like it, but there's a lot of stuff that is that that it represents and i it's really close to my heart and that's why i would really really like to rewrite it and uh and release it and most probably do it with uh with a live orchestra oh wow that's gonna be amazing i hope so it's not that you know complex of a piece and uh and i think that uh people will be on be on board and i i just really want to hear it hear what it sounds like when it's actually played by an orchestra mm -hmm. so i have a couple of parallel trajectory questions so i'm gonna first start with the actual process of creating a score what are the discussions that you have with sava or whichever director for your professional work that you're working on like what are the initial discussions about the story about narrative mode things along those lines uh Well, it's uh, it's kind of not that different. Uh, well, first of all, when I work with Sava, as you may or may not know, uh, I am heavily involved in the story itself. Like we write these stories together, mm -hmm. right? So we kind of don't really spend that much time talking about where we want to take it musically because we're on the same page from right from the get-go mm -hmm. uh and then uh some of the people that i've worked with have uh kind of granted me this like they liked what i did mm -hmm. and they're just like yo uh just do you man like i love your work and just do whatever you feel is right uh there were really on rare occasions did I actually sit down and talk to a director about where particularly uh, they would want to take the piece but it was nothing uh, it, it, it was kind of clear because when I see the piece I kind of see uh, what they're going with because mm -hmm. uh, not only that I'm heavily involved with the stories with Sava I also like to know about the stories other people are making. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to like, uh, 
shoehorn my ideas into their stories, but I really want to understand what they're trying to achieve. So it's fairly, it's fairly easy to come to, to a, uh, to an agreement as to where to take something, especially this early in my career, because uh, we got to keep in mind that I'm not really, I, I still haven't started experimenting. Like I am at, 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 at I'm right now, kind of sitting comfortably in this chair that I uh, that I'm familiar with I know what I'm capable of and uh, it's kind of a it's it, it's kind of a leap for me now to start experimenting heavily on stuff which I am actually super excited to start doing because that's where the real fun is that's where you really kind of break the mold and bring to the table something that is that, 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 that someone who like doesn't even care for either music or films would go and be like wow you know seeing the entire project so i'm i'm really looking forward to to kind of stepping out a bit from this framework of mine that i'm working at the moment but uh i kind of strayed away from the question but yeah, the, the, we definitely talk about where the director wants to take it, but it's it, 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 very often so far, we are all on the same page. So okay. it's it, 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 the talks aren't complicated at all. Have you ever run into an, a situation where the direction that you want to take the music in and the director's vision may not align and you need to convince each other which might be the right way to go? uh yeah that happened actually uh when we were doing the um you know, when we were working on the uh uh, uh playgrounds uh title sequence mm -hmm. uh uh sava had one vision i didn't like that vision and i had a totally different vision and he didn't like that one but turns out that we were kind of both wrong because the end result is something that none of us even considered until it kind of through extensively talking about it just came about. And that's how we went with the vocals with the brothers singing who are uh, very well respected here. And that's how we ended up working on that one. But I remember we actually fought over it, man. It was like tense. <laughs> like I really didn't want to go the direction he wanted and he super didn't want to go the direction that I wanted. But uh, thankfully, yeah, we, 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 we got on the same page once this new idea came about and, uh, and, and, and yeah. Yeah. I actually <laughs> wanted to go a bit deeper into the vocals for that particular track because did you guys like contact the, artists and they did that actual recording for you or was that a pre-recorded song which you licensed how, how was the process like? uh this is a pre-recorded song that we uh licensed but the thing is that uh the brothers are uh uh Saba's family friends oh okay so yeah 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 and uh that's how we uh that's how we even uh, that's how even the idea came about, mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, let, 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 let's try and like, uh, see if we can keep it. Uh, let's see if we can bring this Serbian spirit, uh, yeah. into this entire thing uh, as much as possible. And that's how we got them on board. We were thinking about like, uh, recording a custom new one, 
But the thing is that we both fell in love with this one. Mm-hmm. It, it was so beautiful and kind of so beautifully haunting that it fit the uh, uh, the it fit the film so perfectly well that we just we were just like yeah let's go with this one this one is perfect yeah like you said bringing in that serbian spirit and especially as someone not from serbia that just the fact that there were vocals in that score it transported me into that world immediately and yeah that, that, that relate to it more in a way yeah it, it does that and i found that uh, it's an interesting point that you uh that you brought up right now uh it's uh there's a lot of uh you know folk tunes and ethnic tunes from various parts of the world and sure they can bring you closer mm-hmm. to there but if they're instrumentals and uh, not vocal pieces uh i think that vocals give just bring that entire experience to a whole different level mm. it 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 really immerses you into the into yeah in, in, into the spirit of that particular culture i don't know what it is i guess maybe it's i i, I wouldn't say necessarily it's language because uh most of the uh, most of the lyrics i mean mo- uh, most times the type of singing uh for those uh, for those songs are kind of drawn out like voice, voices are basically like drones just drag, dragging on three vowels uh, for eternity so i don't necessarily think that it's that it's the language that transports you over there it's just the it's just the style and in many cases the 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 pain you feel mm-hmm. in the voices because when the artists are good at what they do they can really really uh translate that uh through through their singing and it shows it's it's like you cannot miss it yeah that emotion can't be recreated unless somebody is really feeling what they're singing in that particular piece. yeah exactly exactly and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh the singing properly uh involves a lot of uh, if not i mean authenticity for one that's mm-hmm. just number one uh and i guess number two definitely needs to be the you know singer being in tune with their emotions but there's a lot of acting in there like just as an actor on screen uh needs to portray a certain feeling as you watch him in a movie uh the singers are aware that they need to like get you to believe them So, you know, I'm not saying that they themselves don't believe it, but uh uh it stands to reason that if it's a song that they've sang hundreds of times before, the feeling can't possibly be, you know, as profound as it is the first time you sing it. So at one point you just kind of roll with it and you act it out a little bit. And uh and I think yeah, uh I think that's a very important part of it. Yeah, that the point that you brought up about singers singing the same song multiple times is such a great point because sometimes when i listen to let's say metallica's old concerts on youtube like especially the one in 91 in moscow that's probably one of my favorites with the massive crowd that feeling was not recreated until a couple of decades later maybe in 2010s or something like that when they re-sang those songs after maybe a long time and that yeah. shows the yeah. really shows Yeah 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 yeah. Um 
how do you actually split your time between these personal projects and professional because you obviously do quite a bit of both uh well kind of uh, uh it's not something that i uh allocate purposefully mm -hmm. it's just when there's a client project that needs to be done those are often on a much tighter deadline so they just simply come first whatever i'm working on uh if a client project comes comes my way and the one the personal project that i'm working on is not the deadline is not set in stone and there's some leeway for me i definitely take the project on and i work on it until i'm done mm -hmm. but <clears throat> I never do two things at once. I simply can't. Okay. I, I, I can't focus. So, you know, I just press pause on the personal project uh, until I deliver the client project and then go back to it. But you don't actually work in a studio. You work as a freelance musician as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't work as a part of a okay. team or anything, no. Uh, does it ever happen in client projects where there are already maybe other musicians or other sound designers, production, I mean, producers within the studio? Sound designers, yes. And we communicate quite well. And uh, that's, uh, we try to respect each other's uh, space within that soundscape. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we, 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 we try to figure out right from the start, you know, which frequency specter uh, we're going to kind of occupy and how, uh, how the sound design might transition into music and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But I have never worked with other musicians. And uh, when I was, when I was a kid back when I was doing commercial music, I didn't really, uh, I couldn't work with other people. I don't know for whatever reason. I just uh, uh, not that I wasn't a team player, but I just I I, I work best alone. Mm -hmm. But now this is very different from anything that I've ever done back then, and actually am kind of uh, really excited to work with other people. And then uh, I'm you know uh, on the lookout to to see if a project comes up where I might collaborate because uh from what I've heard not from what I've experienced because like I said I did not experience this but there, there's so many people talk about it that the spirit of collaboration is something that you can't quite just you, you can't quite understand unless you have actually really worked with someone mm -hmm. so I am yeah I I am really looking forward to 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 hop on a project where there will be multiple composers working and see how that goes hopefully we don't kill each other <laughs> i mean the way i look at it as you guys keep doing bigger and bigger personal films at a certain point you yourself could assemble a team and you know create that collaboration uh i guess so i guess so yeah but the thing is and this is like the uh however big these projects might seem mm -hmm. uh, uh i mean not might seem they are but i myself am still very very fresh in this entire thing right uh so i'm still like i said i'm still trying to find myself in this entire thing 
let alone like this unfinished piece of work, which is me to get thrust, you know, into the, the uh, uh, into this uh, collaboration machine with quite possibly way more experienced uh, people than I am. Like my, first of all, my imposter syndrome would fucking kill me. Uh, and I probably wouldn't be able to do jack shit. But the thing is just, I wanna become as proficient as possible uh so that when the collaboration does happen i have actually something to contribute mm -hmm. you know in, in in this in this in this arena of people who know what they're doing as opposed to me who i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> let's let's go a bit deeper into your process then i mean for people who might be listening and they want to create their own short films or they have a musician in mind but they don't i mean they're all like just starting up just the way we've did and you guys have been doing what is the initial process for you do you write a melody just on your piano or guitar how do you it's start? A, it's 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 i don't necessarily have a process uh but uh i i tend to uh start with themes mm -hmm. and i think i i mean like melodic themes okay I, I i tend i tend to try and uh play around with some notes to get a whistling tune for myself that will that i think kind of captures the, the the mood that is in the film and i it, i i enjoyed this part the most like i am really hooked on creating memorable themes mm -hmm. which is not really trendy at the moment because uh it, it, it just isn't uh you don't get uh superman type themes in movies anymore but uh they don't need to be superman type themes they don't mean they, they don't need to be this big uh 20 note passages in order to work like they can be three notes basically like in radiation mm -hmm. and still work uh, it can be something that can set up the mood and can be quite memorable uh but the process is mostly always like that 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 would be the first step well not the first though uh that would be the second step because the first step would be uh designing the sound because that's what inspires me to write melodies or chords or harmonies or whatever uh, uh uh just tinkering with the sound until you get this like whatever sound kind of really strikes the nerve mm -hmm. and then you, you and, and then at that point i'm inspired to write something with that sound that i've designed so mm, mostly i first start designing those soundscapes and leads and stuff like that. So something that I that that feels like it belongs in a film that I'm working on, you know, like a sound palette. And from there, I start writing themes, mm -hmm. and it just kind of goes from there. In this step, in this early phase, do you ask the director for any kind of visual cues, maybe some color palettes or some designs to look at, anything just to immerse yourself in the world more? It helps for sure, but it's not always feasible mm -hmm. because they don't have it, Okay, you know, uh, but that's where 
that initial talk uh, comes in place. Like uh, they sometimes set up some mood boards and send over so just so that i could get a feel of the lighting the settings and stuff like that so i can understand the the, the mood of mm-hmm. the piece and that helps a lot uh but yeah the, the the more information i have visual information is like every literally every visual cue uh helps the composer understand and convey uh better what 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 is going on i see what software do you use to arrange the music oh i work in cubase cubase okay yeah Um, there's a lot of software mm -hmm. out there and uh it's an uh age-old debate like which software is best for which and ultimately i have come to uh learn what everyone's been saying every time i was asking the same question when i was younger like man which one is the best like they're all the best if you know how to use them True. like it's a tool to create something you know it, it's at the end of the day it's a fucking hammer and a nail so yeah. you know it, it, it's just you beating the nail as opposed to your finger Yeah, if you understand the software well then pretty much If you understand the software, yeah. I mean, you can maybe I mean, I guess some software has some limitations at which point you will kind of just borrow uh, uh the features from a different software or just gonna shift a bit to a different software to achieve whatever it is that you can't achieve in mm-hmm. software that you're working on uh, in but in terms of like which one is the best they're all the best. I mean, they they do what you need to do and that's composed music so one main question i wanted to ask you was that from the time you did ifcc up until irradiation what are the developments in your own process that you've seen while i'm sorry scoring? what are, what other what what is the development in your own process that you have noticed from that from the last couple of years That is a good one. I would have to think about it a bit. Uh because if I were to go if I was to go back to what I just said right now and uh that is like to uh, in this process of creating a piece trying to first assemble this sound palette that I'm going to use within a piece that that process hasn't really particularly changed at all. Mm-hmm. Like what's developed is my understanding of how uh writing music to picture works uh, which is like the IFCC was basically i mean we had the uh what uh, loadout thing uh that we did for Milan's uh Twitch stream which was kind of the first time i i i i wrote to picture but i was still within a somewhat comfortable zone of mine which was this kind of commercially viable mm-hmm. piece uh IFCC was the first one where i uh w- where i came in touch with how you actually really need to convey emotion uh, 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 uh especially because there's nothing like no one's talking about anything you should have a guy who's walking from here to there and you understand what is doing 
right? You understand what's going on, mm -hmm. but without any uh, dialogue happening and without anything like that, you, the, the audience needs to, you know, hold on to something and that something becomes the music. So basically my understanding of the music's role in film has kind of, I guess, uh, developed a bit over these mind you very short couple of years like this is i am far from where i wish to be as a, a, a as a, well, as a composer first and foremost uh, there, there's a ton of stuff i still need to learn and uh, i'm learning every step of the way yeah i mean that just makes me quite excited because already the work that you are doing is amazing especially in irradiation i felt it really connected with the picture at a different level and the sound design the music the foley it all connected really well and of course that the geiger counter scene where that took over the entire soundscape with the cube floating above the character's head i think that yeah. was one of the most brilliant scenes in these short yeah, yeah it was it's, it's a favorite and thank you for the kind words uh it was yeah it, it was my favorite uh, a moment in the in the entire film that that disconnect from uh, first his disconnect from the real world mm -hmm. into this vision world and then the ultimate disconnect from the viewer from the film into basically their own speakers or or or, or, or headphones uh, because at that point they hear the sound for what it is it's basically as if someone was knocking on your door just a, a, a pure dry sound no mm. effects no nothing i loved how that turned out man what was the process to arrive at that decision was it like a trial and error thing or something just just a spark of the moment it wasn't trial and error it was uh it, it was it, it's those happy rare moments of uh, inspiration that just happen instantly. As I was working on that entire buildup, mm -hmm. uh, I knew that I wanted to have this, uh, uh, I, want, I knew I wanted to have this uh, uh, continuing ticking thing uh, happening uh, uh, in Yevgeny's mind as he's trying to run away from these uh, 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 the blocks when he's on the ground and he's like super paranoid and he's running away and I have this synth sound that goes ding, 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 and then I slow the just start slowing everything down you know and there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of reverb and space and once that scene hit like that that cut to that scene mm -hmm. I just thought it that that it, it would the way that it would feel to cut off all space all sound from before that point and just have that one little grain of the geiger counter just continue where that synth previously left off was i just i loved it mm -hmm. and then i showed it to sava and he was like uh i hate it oh he did not, yeah no <laughs> he did not like that shit at all man he had this idea uh it was supposed to be a j cut and he just wanted that to be like he, he just wanted sounds from the coming scene mm -hmm. to just be in that scene and uh needless to say i was devastated <laughs> but uh after i think after it, it took like maybe it was a it was it was a couple of weeks it, it was a couple of weeks maybe three four weeks before 
he uh, uh, before we played around with different styles and one night he came to a like this um, uh, catch-up session and said man you know what I really fucking like that first idea you had <laughs> and uh, and yeah and that's how it ended up in the film wow. and it's it's fucking perfect I I'm glad it. you guys stuck with it because I think it's yeah, from yeah. <laughs> one of the best moments in the entire film to be yeah honest. it is it is like it is and I just can't uh, I, I just can't think of a better way like from all the 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 the, the options that we tried it mm-hmm. just it, it did nothing for me it worked for him because that's what he had envisioned early on yeah right so he was really married to his first original idea and it was kind of i'm guessing pretty hard for him as well to give up on that but the amazing thing about sava is that he's a very sensible guy and he's uh, someone who is uh who is very willing to be wrong and that is something that uh shout out to sava at this point because the, this is is a really really rare type of a person that uh, i have met I don't know if I've ever met like a guy like him ever. He's so uh, humble and down to earth and willing to learn, uh, willing to listen, willing to 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 talk about stuff and uh, try to figure out and understand a different point of view. And that like when you work as a we're kind of a like a band at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super important in Basically, really, when you think about it, any type of a relationship, even like with your uh, partner or whatever, like you need to be able to sit down and talk and really listen to each other's arguments if you want to make something work. Because if you're unable to listen to each other and you're just like dead set on your opinions and they're dead set on theirs, there's no progress there. It just, everything just falls apart. So yeah, I'm super grateful that Sava is a normal dude. Who's just like, yeah. (laughs) And I have to say, I mean, the work that you guys did was also pretty big inspiration for us when we were making our short film because you guys had already done it a few times by by the time when we were really in deep into the production. So thanks to you guys as well. Well, I am glad that the work we do inspires uh because at the end of the day that's really all we can hope for Mm -hmm. that's true um i know saba had mentioned that the production time for irradiation specifically was quite quick because obviously the entire thing was done in unreal was the music creation process also that quick what what was the timeline like for you uh certain chunks of it were pretty quick but Mm -hmm. then other chunks not as quick because uh, uh, I also was like super married to this idea that I had had uh, uh, early on. And then I, uh, the, then I saw that the idea that I had does not quite work in these other moments in the film. So I had to figure out a way how to kind of keep the same mood, but do a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at that point, uh, I was so super super tired man i was that was the point where i was like a vacation was long overdue for me i was super tired i was i i i really uh, felt kind of you know 
week in the body and in the mind. You know, mm -hmm. I was I was really struggling to come up with something that I was personally happy with. Uh, so it took a bit more time for me to do my part, definitely, on account of that. As you guys are doing more films, the length of the film itself is increasing, you know, slowly with each film. Yeah. Um, how do you actually plan for the entire track? Because planning a three-minute track versus doing an 11-minute track is like completely different. The amount of work and planning required, I assume, might be quite different. Uh, well, for me, it's not necessarily different because... Uh, I, uh, I I don't work linearly, okay. right? Uh, as I imagine, most composers and even filmmakers don't. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, uh, I definitely start at the beginning, sure. most of the time, like 90% of the time I start at the beginning because that's kind of the best place to start, I guess. But, and then you develop something that accompanies that beginning and starts to evolve into something and then you kind of hit a wall like you have created this idea and this idea is working perfectly with this chunk of the movie and now we're supposed to movie film and uh, now we're supposed to like get into something completely different and at that point you need to kind of uh, recalibrate and basically start over uh, and at that point it's just you know it's 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 it it doesn't necessarily have a uh, a a structural path mm -hmm. as to how i approach it uh when i am done with that first piece then i start uh moving around the timeline to see uh, uh, uh what basically inspires me to kind of start over and uh, then i kind of start approaching that particular other part of the film and it all kind of comes together like a big piece of a puzzle i see right yeah when you're going through this entire process how often do you go back to things that you've already composed and written and you feel like you want to change them or improve them uh i think roughly 10 million times maybe 20 million times <laughs> i can't let it go man it's just uh, it's the way i am i, I, I just can't let it go and if there wasn't someone to just grab me by the neck and say like man leave it mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't ever so yeah i keep i keep going back always because there's always there's uh it, it is a weird thing because i hear I hear it in my mind mm -hmm. and I hear it perfectly. And then I put it, you know, and I hear it coming out of the speakers and it's there, but it's not, it's missing that like 2%. And I am dead set on trying to bring that 2% to life. And the thing is that most of the time, I just don't know how, because what I hear in my mind I, I, is maybe not even necessarily achievable in real life. I mean, everything, everything under this goddamn sun is achievable. But I, 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 I guess just that I, I'm never, I'm never really super completely satisfied until it's just done and out. 
And when it's out there, it doesn't make any sense to go back to it. So I guess at that point, you're like, well, there it is. People enjoy. I think sometimes we have like a very deep subconscious vision of what that sound should be like or what that picture should look like. And as we get more skilled and experienced, we're able to get closer and closer to that point. That is exactly right. You're you're absolutely right. It, it, I, that is, uh, I firmly believe, a uh, question of experience. Mm. I am simply at this point not experienced enough to translate it pixel perfect from mind to speakers. Right. Um, so one thing that obviously happens during the process of making these films is that the edit changes, the pacing changes. How do you as a musician deal with those changes? Is that something that happens often? Uh, not that often to be fair. This is something that happens probably a whole lot more often well is actually probably a rule uh in features but not in projects like these mm -hmm. uh because from the very early on we have a kind of a locked edit whether it be previous or in a different way but uh, the edit changes i mean if if changes happen they are really minimal Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's nothing that would kind of uh, require you to go back to the drawing board and start rethinking the entire thing. It, it, so far, it hasn't happened, but I think that's the that's that's kind of the the, the this perk of uh, shorter projects. True. Uh, and uh, I I am enjoying it uh, as long as I can before I start scoring major feature projects. It's gonna suck all the fucking life out of me. <laughs> So something that we struggled with quite a bit when we were doing the short film was the sound design and Foley. And I think you guys do quite a good job on that to really convey the ambient sounds and the surroundings, essentially. How do you really go about that? And how do you integrate it into the score? Uh, the first thing you want to do is, that, that would be like step number one, is just translate what's on the screen. Like mm -hmm. make the audience hear what they're seeing. And that's step number one. And after that, you go with the uh, more creative part, which is creating these, like you're in the middle of the woods and, you know, a forest has some kind of a normal, natural life of its own. And that's easy to capture. Mm -hmm. But then you try to kind of fiddle with that a little bit in order to not only make it a live forest, but give it a character, right? right. So that's where sound design in the, uh, the, that's where sound design comes in. You know, you, you don't just put like a whistling wind, but you do something with it. You put it through various, very subtle effects. This this uh, can't be something that, that that is like in your face because mm -hmm. it would obviously take you out of the entire experience uh, but it needs to be kind of different enough not that you necessarily notice it but that it provokes a certain feeling inside as you're watching it you know you're like well, well yeah it's a forest and it sounds like a forest but it sounds like a mean forest like how is that even possible how can a forest sound mean mm -hmm. well it sounds mean because the sound designer knows his job that's how it sounds mean Right. So that, that's you need to have uh, you need to have someone who knows what they're doing and has enough 
first of all, uh, creative freedom, but then again, also what we talk about vision mm-hmm. in order to know how to, how to, how to, you know, how to translate that into something that works. So are you recreating these Foley sounds completely digitally or do you actually go out there and record live as well? No, uh, first of all, I don't do it. We have a guy we work with okay. and he's a super, uh, uh, super talented sound designer. Uh, shout out to Marco. Uh, he, uh, he, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he he yeah 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 he has a there, there's a, like in every sound designer studio there is a foley room. I see. And I see. in that okay. room you have like a bunch of materials, bunch of uh you know, bunch of sand, rocks, you know, lighters, ashtrays, whatever. Mm. You know, there there's a bunch of stuff in there that you go and uh, record and start mangling those sounds in order to create uh, something that works within a movie or at times even not mangle them at all. Like you need some footsteps mm-hmm. about like, you know, a guy walking in the desert. Here you have uh, 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 like this, uh, you have uh, a number of boxes all filled with different materials like earth, sand, uh little rocks stuff like that and then you just basically take a shoe or whatever and you you know you do the steps in these boxes you record that and there you have them wow that's that's quite fascinating i didn't know about that that's uh... yeah 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 yeah. i mean there's stuff that you recreate digitally i mean if you need like a i don't know man a, 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 a moroccan flea market atmosphere you obviously can't go there and record it Mm -hmm. but uh, there are libraries that provide uh, those types of atmospheres that are just hard to come by like you can't really you know the budget doesn't allow for you to go somewhere and record that as it does in major movies i mean feature movies i would imagine uh so uh, uh so some of the stuff is obviously done digitally but uh but a lot of stuff is 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 recorded custom for the project oh that's fascinating um do you ever use it is a super fun process man we like it is it is it is super fun and uh as much as we can we go to the studio when the guy's working on it and we we're over there and we just have a blast because it's really it, 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 it it's a it's a fun job to have i'll tell you that yeah that i completely agree with you on that <laughs> Do you ever use like temp tracks to initially convey your mood that you might have, or do you always start with your own compositions? Uh, no, uh, I don't have temp tracks, but the directors uh, would send their work with temp tracks. I see. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, it, it the thing is the, the I have been fortunate enough so far that the 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 uh, that the directors weren't married to their temp tracks they put the temp track they obviously love it because they probably spent a lot of time working to that track mm. right so they they it's kind of stuck in their mind but it, this is like the, 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 this is part of uh, part of what i do is also kind of uh, be a psychologist right and try to figure out what the director, why he has chosen this particular track, what what in it is doing what uh, he intended to do, and how can we uh, 
how can we develop a completely original track in order to do the exact same thing and not necessarily be a ripoff of of that temp track so earlier you were mentioning you might end up doing a live orchestral recording in the future yeah what what is the difference like what is it just the quality of sound or the that human error that might occur during the live recording that sets it uh, apart i uh i i think that it, it, it's it's a very very weird thing that i probably won't know until i do it mm-hmm. uh because what i think is exactly that the human error all the little imperfections that happen that kind of enrich the score right but then when i go back and listen to these uh temple movie scores they're so pristine perfect quantized everything they, 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 like it I, I don't i don't hear the power of the real orchestra behind it mm-hmm. especially in epic scores right these big bombastic scores yeah i completely understand the power of a live orchestra when it is a uh chamber sized orchestra it is a small orchestra and most probably like an emotional piece that's like that that that's something that you i mean you can really this guy I follow uh christian hansen said it the best he's actually a co-founder of this company who's uh samples sample libraries i use more most often mm-hmm. uh, uh he said it best he said like uh, quality sample libraries can give you goosebumps but a live orchestra will make you cry and he's definitely spot on with that and i would just like to kind of uh caveat caveat that with that i think it only applies to smaller size orchestras playing emotional pieces because when you have a big bombastic avengers theme mm-hmm. that's just just you know buzzing with sound all around you it, it, it really kind of does not matter in my very humble uh, opinion uh, uh, uh it, it, it doesn't matter it, it definitely can be without a doubt almost note for note be recreated with samples for people who are trying to create their own scores for these short films um it's obviously not realistic for them to be able to afford a live orchestra i mean i'm guessing especially for beginners what kind of advice would you give them like do they need to get disheartened that they are not able to do that yet or like how no really no god it? no no not at all no 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 uh well it definitely does depend on the Uh, it, it depends on on the budget they're working with and mm-hmm. whether or not they can afford these a little bit more expensive libraries uh but uh, there are a ton of libraries which are really not expensive and uh, there's a ton of sounds that are completely free mm-hmm. uh like the well actually this guy that i just mentioned the 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 co-founder of this uh, company called spitfire audio uh they have a full range of uh of uh, of um uh completely free instruments called labs okay that you can use uh for your scores and they're like 
these it's the same company doing them they're just giving them up for free right those are like professionally recorded and programmed uh libraries that you can use and then i think a year or so ago they came out with a small package of the actual orchestra that they have recorded the, for their one of the flagship libraries which is the bbc symphony orchestra mm-hmm. and they took like this little piece snippet of that orchestra and they're giving it away as a free plugin which you can use now this is not broadcast quality broadcast ready quality uh, a, a plugin but i would argue that if you are willing to work with it and work around its limitations and program some stuff manually that you can absolutely get the result that you're looking for but you know as you said for people who are beginners uh they might not necessarily be even able to create something that sounds really realistic nor would they need it because it depends on what kinds of projects they're working on hmm. but yeah th- there are tools out there that you do not need to have loads of expensive libraries in order to create something that works like a fucking charm yeah that's a great point how realistic is it in terms of a timeline for juniors or beginners who are scoring their own music and the reason i'm asking this is because now just across the industry we are seeing a lot more people you know doing these bigger projects of their own or with their friends so what kind of a timeline can they expect from themselves when they are scoring their first short film score or second score timeline in terms of what in terms of how long it could take to create a score like this from the beginning till the point where it's production ready and mastered yeah well i mean uh, you you can have people who are a lot more talented and uh, actually educated than i am who can do that like on in the first week of them tackling the issue mm-hmm. right so if 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 they know their shit there's really nothing standing in their way uh the question would i guess be more pertinent to people who are not educated or just starting out mm-hmm. and for them to be fair it's a process it takes some time right uh i i've been at this for i guess really at it only since 2019 like in 2016 and uh beginning of 2000 2017 with the IFCC and then it was nothing and then it was something here and there in mm-hmm. 2018 and then 2019 was the first year that i said okay i'm dropping everything and i'm going the, like in this direction full throttle so that's 19 20 and now it's 21 and i am very far away from where i hope to be so it's a process and as long as they love what they do again sounds super cliche but it's really it's true man like it you is. really need to be passionate about what you want yeah you not only passionate like you need to be you need to be very rational you need to be goal oriented you need to know what it is exactly that you want to achieve and work towards achieving that goal every day and i understand that people can't necessarily do that because people got fucking jobs you know people got to go work a job 9 to 5 
and then come home and be like dead tired trying to you know get something off the ground it, it, it's not easy but uh and apart from that not only job after the job people got families they need to spend some time with their kids or their wife or whatever or husband uh so it's 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 a anything that you're super passionate about but want to make into a living requires a lot of sacrifice and uh, that in itself means that it requires that you're surrounded with people who are supportive and understanding uh uh so yeah it, it it will take time based on everyone's individual uh uh how would i say it i guess circumstances yeah circumstances in life exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's that's true how how do people really go about finding good collaborators in your opinion because there are so many artists and designers and music guys uh uh directors who are out there doing their own thing but how do you find the people who are fit with you who gel well with you well that is uh i would say that's pretty damn hard mm. uh to find someone purposefully that you're gonna kick it off with is that, that i don't think you i don't think you set out to do that mm. uh, i don't even think if it's possible I mean I was super lucky to 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 be able to just you know make friendships with people who did turn out to be a good fit with me right mm-hmm. it, it it it's really this I attribute purely and exclusively to luck I, see. I you know I I was not uh, I guess it, ha- it, 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 it I mean you know what helps it helps if like i said the thing that we touched on a bit uh, previously it helps when all the people involved involved are fucking normal people willing to listen to each other True. you know willing to take criticism willing to be super wrong about stuff that they're super passionate about mm. because when you think about it when you're like have some beliefs that are so basically become part of your personality you, you're just you're just a whole lot uh 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 harder to convince that uh that you're wrong about something and people it seems today are so often not willing to even take something into consideration and that is a bad way to that is a bad way to live a life if i'm being quite honest there's nothing to do with your job or work or passion or anything uh so that's what they can most hopeful uh hope for is to find people who are willing to work shit out because finding someone to like you said that you're going to gel with uh, that person is probably going to become your very close friend mm, like true. you don't find someone who you gel with perfectly and your relationship ends up being a professional one and once the projects run dry you're out like people you gel with on that level they become your friends yeah. and close ones at that Yeah I think there's a certain amount of vulnerability that's also needed like you need to be open about It is about absolutely yeah absolutely what, yeah. needed because without that it just feels like a superficial thing like you mentioned it's just like a work relationship and then you leave Yeah it's just, if you're not willing to let someone in mm-hmm. uh it's 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 never going to get past that. That, that 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 that's like the same thing when 
uh, a director is dead set on a temp that he's been working on uh, uh, his project to uh, for months on end. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. They want this temp. Like, do this temp and just make it, you know, copy my homework, but make it different. <laughs> uh, not not willing to to, to, to to even consider a different a, a different way. There was a problem. What was it? I can't remember a project. I know that there was a project that uh, had a temp track on it uh, and uh, and uh, the, the project ended up uh, the, the the final piece that accompanied the project was not even in the same fucking universe as the temp. Oh. But that was the result of talking about it, of understanding each other, of seeing where, you know, uh, uh, where uh, each of us were coming from. And that's, that's that they, it takes a special kind of person to accept that and to be willing to talk it out. I want to talk about your influences as well, because we've spoken about your process and your work, but obviously you've also seen and heard a lot of art and design and films over the years. So are there any things that come to mind immediately? Uh, well, what comes to mind immediately is what I will, uh, I'm a, uh, I, I've always been fascinated with uh, Benjamin Bordeaux's work and always wanted to score one of his pieces because it's a legitimate, legitimate piece of art, every piece that he does. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we haven't had time, uh, the, a, a chance to meet or collaborate, but uh, I like the way I do these little Instagram posts, I take some footage and mash something together mm -hmm. to like create this, however superficial narrative, just to you know kind of put music to. I took one of his videos and mashed it together and uh, and, and 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 put something that this, this type of feeling that his work provokes in me that not a lot of work does really. Like I, I really love his work, uh, but in terms of influence yeah other people's work really does influence me when i see a when i see a good good movie that really like when i saw manchester by the sea mm -hmm. that really spoke to me in a in a in a very very odd way and i don't know why uh it's probably i don't know why people have this need to have something very, very, very resembling their own lives in order to be able to identify with the characters in a given uh, story. I really don't need that at all. Uh, the, the, the characters in that movie are nothing, are living lives that are nothing like me, but I connected with them. Maybe it's something subconscious, maybe whatever they're going through uh, on screen is something that is happening inside our brains on a subconscious level that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes us tick. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, uh, I, I, I don't need that guy to be doing the exact same things that I did in order for me to identify with him. Right. You, yeah. I mean, you, you can understand his actions and what he's going through in that movie, particularly, I mean, in any movie really. Uh, but other than that, other people's music inspires me as well. And uh, some of the major influences were kind of because uh, all the way uh, the way I got the, my work got influenced in any way was back in the day when I was working on commercial music and the commercial artists kind of shaped the way that I was uh, approaching music. Mm -hmm. And now that I listen to stuff that I put out, uh, I still like people probably can't, but in in a lot of stuff, 
I can see like that buildup, the, the, the thing with the, uh, the, uh, with Yevgeny and the Geiger counter, like that entire transition is inspired by the way Fat Boy Slim works. Like, you know, someone's not going to see it. It's not going to even cross their mind. But that's like, the, 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 that's the stuff that's kind of in the back of my head from way back when just kind of lingers there. It yeah. stays because you like the way that it's approached. You, you, you've heard it a few times and it just stayed with you. And so that, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's probably a lot of stuff uh, going on in, 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 in all my music is just some random previous uh, influences that I had as a kid, like hanging around in techno clubs for nights on end, mm -hmm. you know, the, the way techno is approached so precisely and mathematically is something that's always been fascinating to me. I love it. And uh, I can definitely see even in completely fully harmonic melodic works that I do, I still see, you know, that influence uh, uh, of, of, of the, I, I see how that influences some of the choices that I make. Yeah, there is definitely, but, I mean, so, sorry to cut you off. I, I, I definitely sense this sort of industrial techno heavy vibe just in your music so far. I really enjoy that genre as well. So maybe I identify it within your music. Maybe you're not intending it to be that way. Yeah, I'm definitely not intending it to be. It's just, you know, it, it, it just comes out. I, I, I love the sound. I love, I love distorted sounds. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that you can make something so heavily distorted that it's basically noise mm -hmm. and then manage to create a harmony out of that noise that really touches you. And not just harmony like, hey, look, I created C major out of this noise. No, not that. But to, to be able to, out of the sheer noise and something completely incomprehensible, you manage to make something that touches someone on a profound level. That's like, it, 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 that is super interesting to me. And I love to play around with that stuff. But obviously, in, you know, the first time I ever heard, the first time I ever understood well, not even understood. I was just too little. The first time that I think that I got stuff, that I felt the music mm -hmm. was when I first watched uh, Superman. In, uh, and it was, I think it was Superman 3 that I watched in the theaters when it came out. And uh, the opening title and the score, to this day, that's how stuff, that's a super... Let's call it a happy score. It's like all, you know, happy notes. Mm -hmm. I cry every single time I listen to that. that that's how, how, how stuff sticks with you, you know? I love the work that's been done on... Uh, my God, I never can remember this guy's name. Basil, Basil Pomodorus or something like that. He created the theme for Robocop and Conan. Man, I fucking love those themes. Those are like movies that I heard that I watched when I was a little kid and that music stayed with me. And that's like, it, it's not, I, I didn't have the thing where I was like, I knew since I was eight years old that I was going to be a musician. No, not at all. Man. I had no jack shit when I was eight years old, man. I wanted to go out, play ball. Uh, but yeah, th th those are, th those very, very much influenced the, if, 
if techno and all the commercial music influenced the technical approach that I have, uh, those other big movie scores definitely influenced the emotional approach that I have to scoring. Mm. Like I really, as I imagine every musician, composer, producer, they all want to make someone feel something. But this is like, I, I really, I really, I, I, I really just want to make someone feel something profoundly because that's, I don't know, I guess that is definitely the end goal for me. And you told me you were working on your own album as well now, where you're basically bringing all these sensibilities together at one place. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on an album uh, and it's uh, it's a lot harder than I imagined it would be, man. <laughs> It is. It's 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 weird. It's weird because now it's 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 something that needs to stand alone on its own. Mm -hmm. But just the overwhelming uh, support that I got from Irradiation and all the people asking, like, "Yo, where can I listen to this?" It it, it really it, it it would be it would be very unfair for me to not be able to uh, have it in a format that people just can you know. Uh, tune into and listen to without all the distracting noises and stuff that's going on in the background, especially because I know kind of the type of music that uh, visual artists uh, tend to work to. Mm -hmm. And if I can, if, if I can record an album that they're gonna play and then just work on their own stuff and create amazing shit, then man, uh, uh, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be a happy little camper. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to really act upon that inspiration aspect that you were talking about where people are yeah. creating to your music. That's like the ultimate gratification. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. So are you going to create like brand new tracks for the entire album or are you taking existing tracks that you've done and you're updating them and refining them? It's going to be a mixed bag because uh, there's a few things that a few tracks that I really want to expand on. Mm -hmm. There were just, just some themes that I kind of developed for very short projects mm -hmm. and that I really love. And I want to expand on them and make them uh, uh, and, and create in, uh, like longer pieces out of them. And there will definitely be some new tracks that I'm working on right now. Uh, just so that, again, is I see it as a question of fairness. Like it's only fair to, as you release this album and, you know, uh, allow people to listen to something they've heard before, give them something new as well. You True. know, something that has not, it's, it's not part of any project. It's just a completely fresh new thing. Mm -hmm. How do you create a narrative and story structure within an album? Because there's a certain pacing, a certain length to each track. How do you, how do you work that out? I have no idea because this is my first album and I'll just figure that shit on the way, uh, okay. along the way, because I, I have no idea how I will structure it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that uh, the, I don't even know how I'm going to open it because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it will definitely tell a story. It, it's not going to be a bunch of tracks just thrown in together. Yeah, I will really, really try to approach it from a filmmaking point of view. Not filmmaking, storytelling, storytelling point of view, because I really, really enjoy telling stories like the, the, the times that we sit down and think about the next project that we're going to work on. Th those are the best times and we have so much fun. It's such a such a such a fulfilling experience uh, to 
but it doesn't much differ from other artists in any other uh, fields. To, to create something for not from nothing is, is is downright divine. It's really exhilarating. It, it, I, I love the process, every fucking step of the way, man. Yeah, there's that certain moment where you where you yourself realize that hey, I'm on to something here. That moment is just brilliant. That moment, that eureka moment, or not not even necessarily eureka, this kind of creeps in as you're talking about it and thinking about it, and you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ, man, this sounds like this, this woo, and you get all excited about it and tingly. You just can't wait to like put it on paper or 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 whatever the medium. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's like one of the best feelings, man. One of the best feelings for sure. So what's the progress on the album like? I mean, do you have an actual end date or are you just in the process of exploring? Uh, uh, I have an end date and that's uh, that's something that uh, I've Sava has managed to instill in mm-hmm. me. And uh, it's because if, if I don't have an end date, then I'll never do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have the this uh, new project that I did uh, with... Uh, uh, with uh, the Babylon Gardens with Karim uh, is going to be out sometime next year. Okay. And uh, I'm thinking maybe spring or summer next year. And by then, I will have this release ready. Definitely. Amazing. And also congratulations on the original score award that you won. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I was uh, kind of taken aback when I, I, I was... I was pleasantly surprised, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's a nice feeling, for sure. So, what's next? Do you have other commercial projects lined up, or are you more? Yeah, they're they're, they're they're all com- commercial projects. These are like uh, the uh, kind of so-called under the radar projects. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, studio that I'm working with, uh, and uh, it's kind of basically my bread and butter, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like the everyday work that I do, right? But uh, in terms of uh, in terms of what's next, the priority at this moment is the album. This is where all my focus is going, and this is something that uh, I, I'm devoting most of my time and attention and resources to. So, because I really wanna, I, I wanna really, bring this to life and i want to get it out there that's awesome so we've been going for like almost one and a half hours so i don't want to take up too much of your time do you just to like close out the conversation how far ahead do you think about your musical career and journey that is a great question man that is a great question um The thing is, uh, I think this is probably uh, uh, dependent on where I am at the moment. Mm -hmm. And like I said, pretty fresh, you know, pretty new in this entire thing. Uh, So at this point, I am really uh, just trying to enjoy this Mm -hmm. part of my life at the moment because I am... I am very, very thankful that I have managed to in uh, uh, that I managed to get here in the first place. Yeah, at all against 
against all odds, really. I mean, making such a huge career shift at my age is 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 is, is not something you do uh, every day, right? And so at this point, I'm really just trying to enjoy this moment. Uh, uh, for sure, uh, I want to be working on even bigger projects and. Uh, we are actually developing uh, a new project at the moment. We're working on it. We're kind of, you know, bouncing ideas mm -hmm. uh, around, uh, and uh, uh, and and kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of. That's it. I, I I don't have necessarily a plan. Like I wanna, I wanna like score a feature in the next five years. I don't have it. I have ideas though. I. Uh, ideas in terms of my goals like I would really 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 like to score opening titles to a miniseries or something like that nice. like I really think I, 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 I that that is really something that I would really like to do it's such a perfect format for me and I I love it and it's it's something I'm kind of on the lookout, but I don't even know what being on the lookout means because I'm not cold calling producers and stuff like that. I'm not doing anything like that, mm -hmm. but it's something that I'm kind of, you know, getting my mind in that type of a space. So when it, uh, when, when the opportunity possibly arises, I don't miss it. Right. Just, 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 just in, 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 in that sense, not, not anything in, in terms of being like a hardcore plan with a date on it or anything like that. That's awesome. I mean, I'm really looking forward to what you come up with next, especially as the scale of these projects keep getting bigger because already, I mean, you keep saying that you're very new to this, but your work is absolutely amazing. And thank you I really, so much, really, man. Really that, like I, I really appreciate that, man. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and thanks a lot for talking to me. Yes, this has been a very fun conversation. No, man, thank, thank you again for being such a sweetheart and uh, doing this, knowing like all the shit. So, yeah, I, 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 I hope we I, I hope we do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Um, thanks a lot once again. This was really fun and have a great day ahead. Yeah, you too, man. Okay. Bye bye.